When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 841. Uh, right now, I'd like to take you to the exciting world of the Nerdist Community Court Board. These are the court board happenings for things in your community. It's just the court board that's outside the market that is the Nerdist grocery store. Uh, and when you're carrying your bag of goods out to your car, hey, I'm going to stop and look at what all these note cards are. What are things that are happening in my community? Well... Comedy Abroad is a company that helps nonprofits in Latin America by raising funds with stand-up comedy shows. In two tours, they've raised more than $18,000 for four nonprofits, and they want to do more, but they need your help. They currently have a fundraiser to help make more shows happen, the charity support to help keep kids in school, help families living in poverty, and more. To find out more uh, or donate, go to startsomegood.com slash comedyabroad. And hey, I know the uh, Wednesday Night Meltdown show with Jonah and Kumail is over, and you're probably sad about that, but here's some good news. There's a new Wednesday night show in town at, uh, at Meltdown. Jay Larson and Rory Scovel are hosting a weekly show called The Rabbit Hole. So it's uh, great comics every week. Comedy show, stand-up comedy show has, uh, has filled in that gap. So go check it out. Tickets and lineups and more can be found at nerdmeltla.com. This episode is Jake Gyllenhaal, who I've never met before, didn't know what to expect. Uh, really nice guy, really warm, had a great conversation. I mean, it was, sort of, it was one of those things where I, I kind of forgot about halfway through that we were actually recording a podcast and that he and I weren't just hanging out, having a coffee, and uh, just talking about shit. So uh, I'm, uh, I was, it was very cool that he made time in his schedule to come on and, and be on the podcast. I didn't really know that much about him. I haven't really seen him do any long-form stuff. So uh, this was really great, and I hope you, uh, I hope you are enjoyed and are as illuminated as I was. His movie uh, that you should go see is Nocturnal Animals. It is in theaters now. Tom Ford directed. The movie is, is stunning. Uh, it, the acting in it is incredible. Jake is in it. Uh, Amy Adams is in it. Michael Shannon is in it. Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, Laura Linney. Uh, it's a fantastic cast. So go see it. Nocturnal Animals in theaters now. If you want more information about it, uh, you can follow them on Twitter at Nocturnal Animal, singular there. But on Facebook, it is facebook.com slash nocturnal animals and instagram.com slash nocturnal animals. And now here's the Nerdist Podcast number 841 with Jake Gyllenhaal. Katie, uh, please do the honors. Now entering Nerdist.com. It's weird. 
really just Tokyo. Tokyo is really its own specific subculture. Is your wife Japanese? She's not. Oh. She's she's American. She's from Connecticut. So did you go to like Kyoto? We did. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we got out into the traditional. Have you been? Have you been yeah, to Japan? Yeah. Did you ever shot anything there or spent time there? No, when I was 12, like I went there with my mother's best friend is Japanese, so I went to Japan with like her um her and her son and I was uh there for like a month. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was in, I mean, we went everywhere. She's like a ceramics dealer. Mm-hmm. So, she took us around and I saw like every part of like, you know, I That's remember great. like these hidden Christians, you know that the hidden Christians like the no. there were all these hidden Christians in Japan at a certain time. So well, they all had to hide that they were Christians. Silence is about 17th century oh right, that's right. Oh well, well, there you go. So wow, so well, see right we know, point. We know about dirty underwear machines, <laughs> <laughs> and you know about Jesuit priests. So that yeah. just kind of yeah. gives you a sense of who's where in the room. <laughs> Uh, I'm surprised you haven't been back as in it, like no one sent you there to do a junket or something. I have done that too, oh, but yeah. you don't really experience You don't get to see space, anything. No. Like, like, yeah. Do you ever get a choice where you go, hey, I'll go, but you need to just let me hang out there for a week? Or is it just get in, get out? Um, I try, but like we never really can pull it off. Yeah. yeah. And we always like, you know, you're like always trying to do that. We are like, <laughs> hey, like, uh, can I take advantage of the situation? They're like, no, it's work. <laughs> you know, so that's sort of always like. You've traveled all over the world. Well, I've seen a lot of hotel rooms where I've done junket interviews. And like and... a really nice restaurant every once in a while, which yeah. is really nice, but but not the real thing. But Mary and I always make it a point to like find some like interesting cool places it's the only reason why she hangs out with me actually <laughs> it's true though i would think it's the best reason to be a publicist like well i gotta be there you know i really i gotta go i gotta not make sure for someone okay. who's as experienced as and wise as she is she's bored by it all at so this you point, have to make it interesting for at her. this point yeah. i would imagine she's, she's yes. pretty much everything what do you like to do when you go to a town is there a specific thing it's like, oh, I want to see this kind of a museum or this kind of a local thing. Do you have a routine when you have a little bit of time in a new Food. Time? It's food. Food, yeah. 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 In, in Japan, it's a lot of fish faces. You eat Wait, hold on. Like, as in the band? <laughs> no, no, no. That, is that a band? Sorry, I was going Kit Kat when you were going Jesuit Priest. God, I apologize. so great. Yeah. Uh, you know, they just leave the faces on everything. Like, you just, you're, you're eating the fish. It's like, oh, the face is on. This is a fish. Oh, you're that's eating a fish. great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, fish eyes are good. It seems like it would be. My wife thought it was amazing. She was like, I'm like, you I don't, don't know like if that. you want to. No. Oh. It, just, it just feels like. I don't know. It just feels like, oh, you're going to eat the last thing the fish saw before it... Like, it just feels so macabre to me. But, I mean, that's what that's what we're doing. I mean, like, that's the truth of what we're doing. I we're know, but I'm like... American, and I want to be lied to. I want to be lied to about what I'm eating. I don't want to know what it is. How apt. Apropos. <laughs> it absolutely <is. clears throat> Yes. <laughs> that's a perfect place. It's a perfect yes. place to start. Are you... Were you on the lot doing other junket stuff today? What are you what No, are you doing? no, no. I, I wasn't. I was... Um, I'm in LA well, working on this uh, this film uh, that we're in post on. Nice. Was so, this the one you produced? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Stronger. Yeah. From your from Nine Stories. Yes. Your production company. Yes. I know a few things. Yeah. Well, good. I mean, you know, you have to interview someone. You should probably Google them or something. <laughs> well, this is not an interview. I just want you to know it's okay, not yeah. an interview. I find I think interviews are. I'm not a journalist. This is just a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. No, I know. There's no. I know. I know no I know. prepared questions. I know. We talked about Kit Kats. That's how you start the conversation. So I do. Well, I kind of like to see where people because. I think one of the fun things about podcasts is that it's 
sort of the first medium where people really get to sense get a sense of who people are as humans. Like, what are you like in a conversation? What are, yes. what kind of things interest you? As totally. opposed to, I just think an hour of being interrogated is not fun. And then what happened? And then yeah. what did you do? Like, it just feels so. I en- I enjoy it because it makes me feel falsely important. So you know that's like you know free conversation will just allow for my stupidity to seep out. So I prefer like the interrogation style. It's just because I've been doing it for a while. So no, you see, you're already like that. You're already wise. You're already wise. St- stupid people think they're smarter than they are, and smart people think they're dumber than they are. There, that is a scientific fact. That is a sci- there was a scientific study that proved this. Really? That's yes. That's it's the I talk about it all the time on this podcast. The Dunning Kruger studies. It's a fascinating that people they found that stupid people have a uh, a specific drive to claim to be smarter, have more information than they actually have, hmm. which explains a lot of the internet. And then the reverse is true for people who actually do know more, like, oh, I don't really know, you know. Well, then part of me is really stupid and part of me is really <laughs> smart because half the time I feel like I know more than I actually do and the other half I I, I know that I don't. So. When do you feel most comfortable? When do you feel like you are, oh, okay, I got this. When do you feel that way? Uh, when... Um... I guess uh, very, very rarely, but I think it's not like a, a feeling that I have. I, I, I just I, – I, like, I trust my, my instinct, not my gut. My, my gut has a lot of issues. Um, so I, I, I trust my instinct. And so um, so I, I, I think when that's happening, when that's connecting, there's this sense of joy, even, even if it's um, – even if it's painful, does that make any sense? Yeah. So I think there's sort of it's like it's connected. The plug's right and it's fitting in right and 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 that's when I that's when I kind of I don't know. It's when I'm I know I feel I feel right. You yeah, know, it feels right. And is that sort of you know from project to project? Do you do you just use that as oh this feels like the thing that I should do or this seems like something I could do or this is challenging in a specific way? Not necessarily project to project. I think you make a decision, you dive in, and then moment to moment it changes. Like there's a there's a moment, you know, in every day or a few moments in every day where it feels like something is is magic, and then most of the time it's not. You right. Know? And so I, I mean. That that's how I feel like making movies in particular. That's how I I tend to feel like you're you're very rarely creating magic. You know, it's just you're just generating crap until <laughs> something magical comes f- from it, and you have to be patient for it to sort of arise. Right. You know, and that's the thing is that's why I think that David Lynch thing about like kind of catching big fish is really true. Is that it's there. You just have to humble yourself for it to to come to you and then you know most of the time it doesn't right you know what i mean so but not even like not even like a project to project but like within a project yes I'm that's sure what i you're mean just, yeah. you're scooping it out and you're like well i hope you know and you i guess you just have to trust well this team seems to know what they're doing so i trust well them. yes and no i mean i don't i i, I say that but then i also pick very specifically based on so many like if i'm thinking about a project i oftentimes it's not just about a director or or the screenplay it's about all the other elements around it with it with enough time in this this business i start to realize that the people who really make a movie are the people behind you know what we consider behind the camera right that is and um and so i i i usually really i geek out on editors and cinematographers you know 
and 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 those people who who put together a movie who really do the technical work because I see that that's where a movie is made. So for me, that's where I often make choices based on director alongside their cinematographer sure. or director alongside their cinematographer and editor and their choices before that. And very rarely do I do I not. You know, I mean, unless it's like this sort of. Again, that instinct just says, yeah, I should move that way. Is but it I enough like, that you want to direct? Do you want to direct a lot of stuff? I mean, like, do you, do you really feel like this is a direction for yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to direct other people's things, but I want, <laughs> I want to direct. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I do. I, but I want to make movies. I, You know, I, I, I know this is, this is going to it sound sort of, you know, things come to you as they come to you, you know, and, and sometimes they come to me as an actor. Sometimes they come to me in the form of something I can help somebody make as a producer and then maybe one day something will come to me in the form that you know as a director in that position you know i'm not like oh i want to be this thing i sure. just i want to tell stories and and however that sort of however i fit into that process i fit into that process yeah well the nocturnal animals cast is amazing but i mean like all of you i watched it last night which was it was actually hard to sleep after after oh, watching really? it because i couldn't shut my brain off because it I mean, it's an intense. It's but mo- everything was so pretty. So <laughs> oh, <when> it's <laughs> gorgeous. Yeah, oh, you mean that? Like what happens when? We, yeah, it's it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's like, one of those like, oh my god, you know, like murder I, is beautiful. Yeah, well, yeah. and I don't want to give away anything, so that's why I'm sort of hesitant to talk too much about it, so so that people can see it. But because, uh, but it's very. I mean. It's sort of a, tr- a tragic tale of choices and, and adulthood, like, and you do, I just came away with like, oh my God, yeah, we're just so affected by the choice, like the simplest choices that we make in the moment you think this is the right choice. It actually can be, have these devastating, you know, butterfly effects later on and that just ripple through the rest of your life. Was that just because you just got married or is that because <laughs> you actually... No, you no I was worried she would think that. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know. I'm still not sure how I tricked her into, <laughs> into this. And I'm like, don't get any ideas, you know, because your character is very much this kind of romantic, you know, the the romantic like, hey, you know, it should be about art and passion and... Right. And, yeah. uh, you know, and... And even that, you know, that's again without giving too much away. But you know, the scene she has with Laura Linney is Amy Adams has with Laura yeah, Linney is such yeah. an amazing scene. And then Laura Linney says like, "Oh, we all become our mothers." Like it's such a it's such a fucked up, you know. And then and then just sort of going to bed with that, it just all kind of was all sinking in. But is when what is it about a movie when you come away from something? Do you want to feel a certain way? Are you not that result oriented, or do you want the audience to feel a certain way? What's your What's your goal? Um, I well, I read when I read a screenplay, and eventually, if I do it, if or if somebody wants me to do it, I think you know you can only experience something. You can never experience the movie that you're in, right? You can you can you have the experience of reading the script. And the hope that if you're moved by it, that the audience will feel the same way at the end of the process of making the movie. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 almost like I leave a script the way an audience of, leaves a movie that I'm in. You know, hopefully, you know, um, when I decide to do something, I go, you know, I, I I then give over to the process and know that it's imperfect, mm-hmm. and the result I can never really watch. You know, I can be a part of it. I can be in it and be a part of the process of making it, but but with the understanding that I will never really truly be able to see it. Sure. 
Yeah, it's interesting because some other things that I I actually did do some research on you, which I don't normally do because I really don't know that much about you, and I don't know if that's if if that's by design where you're like oh where you're a, a little protective, but but I was reading something that you are you still into mindfulness? I mean, like uh, that's never ended. <laughs> well, yeah, I just don't know because yes. you never know if, like, sometimes you might see something and go, nah, "Oh, no, that was just a nah, thing not, that I was nah. doing at the time." <laughs> nah, I'm not into being mindful this anymore. <laughs> not interested in well, it. Well, I know, but see, you make jokes about that, but but because it requires a bit of effort and calmness and patience and learning, this I am so interested to explore this idea, and I think most people don't even really think of it as an option because. The idea of just shutting your brain off in a society that kind of conditions us to think you have to be on all the time and you need to be doing stuff all the time. And if you're not on social media all the time or doing a hundred hours of work a week or into, you know, Mm -hmm. that it I mean, it does become an exhausting, uh, very much diminishing returns kind of a game. So I would just hearing the way you describe how you fit into the bigger picture of this process made me think like oh that's sort of a mindful just giving yourself over and not trying to control and so can you talk some can you talk a bit about how you discovered this and what it's done for you and 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 please give me some advice on it <laughs> dude you're way ahead of me you just got married um i mean uh, I, I i think i just first of all i just have been profoundly blessed in my life and so I am very aware of that. And um, and I feel like, you know, in that way, it, it's given me a, a perspective that is um, probably wrong. Um, no, but <laughs> is, 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 is a sort of a sense of like everything that I'm given is, is really, really a gift and, and I have a, a pretty incredible life. So, you know, the, the process I see around, you know, I see around the, the business that I'm in is – it can be it can just drive you mad you know and i really am i mean not to say i'm not somebody who's like oh i want people to see the movies i'm in or i you know i sure. I, I am a i am ambitious i am um i am a capitalist in a lot of ways i am you know i'm i'm a business person i enjoy business i i i love um the the brutality of that sometimes mm-hmm. you know um i've learned to grow i've i've learned to take it less and less personally which makes it more and more fun that is a real challenge yeah i mean and i think that's a big part of it i think i have over the past few years just seen that um i, I really have a wonderful group of friends in my life and and i've been responsible enough to be able to create a life that i feel like is sustainable and so because of that it just allows me the i don't i don't i don't i don't want for like more and more like world domination i think people have that sort of strange thing in their minds like in america now where it's like this to this to this to to you know like you know make the money buy the buy the apartment buy the building you know you know by the company become president it's mm-hmm. like what you know i think that's a mistake well yeah because i don't think people ever think then what happened? You know, it's like, oh, I have to get this. Oh, well, then what happens? Right. Oh, well, then I'll... Uh... Unless it really brings you joy. Like, that's the thing that I see, like, you know, if if people... Like, I said to... I was talking to a group of um, uh, some... The uh, interns over at, at WME, and, we were ta- and I was saying, you know, look, you do your thing. Like, 
if you want to make lots of money and that's what you want to do, like, and that brings you joy, like, go do it. Mm -hmm. You know, like this idea that you're not supposed to because of, like, go do it, but do what really truly does. Sure. You know what I mean? If you have the opportunity to. Right. Because we live in a world where so few people have the opportunity to do the things that truly bring them joy in their work necessarily. Right. In their life, yes, if you have a job. Right. So. Yeah, but I think a lot of people don't really know what brings them joy, to be honest. And so I think they just sort of default to like, oh, well, I guess if I had more of this or more of that or more. But I think it's sort of like, you know, when you bug your parents, oh, I really want this train set for Christmas and my life will be amazing. And they give it to you and you're like, hey, this is great. And then uh, the next day you're not you've had the experience. So it's really all about the process and and going through the process and not so much about the the thing, getting the thing itself. Yeah. I, that, that I have, I have really like, I have really let go of that, uh, you know, like in, in my work, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 in my work. I, 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 um, I think, um, I have, I think the process is the most fun part of being an actor. You know, that is all you have. As an actor, you do not have the the the, the pre production part, and you don't have the post production part, and you don't create the result. You only have the production part, and what you give as an actor is take after take of some sort of variation, and someone else puts it together. Right. You know. So in that, I have I have given up that idea, where I think as an actor, sometimes people get into it for control, for the idea that they can be in a space where they can, you know somehow they get to, to to change something or control something. And for me, it's like what I realized is you can just, you have no power. I You can do something great and feel like you've done great work in a movie and the movie can just not work. Sure. You can do the opposite. You can feel like, mm, and a movie can be great. It's, there's just no, there's just, there's nothing that um, ever brings satisfaction beyond just loving the thing you're in and committing to it fully. Like just committing to it fully, taking responsibility for the fact that like as an actor, that's the thing I realize is so often people get themselves actors. Like if I speak to an actor, what I I say and what I say to myself is like you get into something and then you're in it. You're like, oh, this is not what I expected. It's like, but you chose that thing. Take responsibility for your choice. Right. And enjoy it. Right. Right. I didn't do that in the past. When did you start doing that? Like maybe (laughs) – Never. No, uh, well, you're no, the- no, no. Like uh, maybe a few, maybe five or six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're 35 now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the right age to where you start going, oh, yeah, I was dumb in my 20s. Because it, it's how you <laughs> – how you can – Well, you don't say that in your 20s? It, well, I was dumb in my 20s. In, in, in your 20s, you're just like, everything's – I'm so – I mean, I think you're I was scared. miserable, man, in my I know. 20s. Well, it's it's a lot of like, am I doing the right thing? You're in that transitional – period between awkward teen and adulthood really <laughs> and and particularly now in our culture our the adolescence just extends totally. you know it's not it's not just and if you're an actor like in making movies and you get the opportunity to your adolescence can extend forever <laughs> forever forever <laughs> but it's all it's all figuring out and i think this goes back to mindfulness not make how do you not make you know ego decisions or how are you not piloted by your ego when it's very uh comp- it can be very compelling to follow your ego choices, but those I feel like tend to always be the <laughs> the choices that bring the most crap with them. You think? I don't know. It depends on what you mean by that. Because I, um, I mean, 
if you're doing it because you want, you, you know, you're doing it because you want love for something or you want people, you want affirmation, like, obviously, I think ultimately it's going to bring crap. You, mm-hmm. know? you know, I think if you're doing it because you want to uh, express something, you know, you know, I oftentimes think about it like this, like I'm driving in a car and I'm listening to some music that like, I don't want anybody to know that I'm listening to, <laughs> right? Like you're, 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 you're just, you're driving in the car and you're just like, you're like, back back yeah, exactly. Back. Whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? Or like, and, and, and you, and then someone pulls up next to you. Right. And for some reason you look over at them and you go like, what is that apparent judgment I feel? And they can't hear anything in the car unless your windows are rolled down. But even if they are like, wh- what is it that makes us want to, you know, be like, dude, I'm just listening to Jay-Z. I'm like, always listening to Jay-Z. No matter what I'm doing, I'm always listening to Jay. Like, that's like, like Backstreet Boys. Are you yeah. sure it's Jay-Z? No, like always, Boys. always, like, always have. Did they do a song with him? I don't yeah. know. It just sounds like Backstreet Boys to me. It's like, so, I mean, I think, I think, like, that's where I just, I just took a, I just, like, I, I just said, I'm going to, I'm going to like listen to this, whatever it is that makes me feel that I love. I'll just roll down the windows and like, you don't like it. Then like, I don't, I mean, I sort of do care somewhere. If sure. I'm really honest. Sure. Like I still do care. Sure. Like I still want people to think that I'm cool, but I also fundamentally like don't give a fuck. Yeah. Well, you can't. And it's that's, but no, but no, but you do. I mean, right. that's the thing when you say like, oh, how do you just like, not, I don't think it's ever about being like, oh, I'm, um. You know, I'm just going to shut it off and never going to make a choice out of ego. Like, I, you know, I still put on Frank Sinatra before I go out to feel like I'm fucking badass. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you know, you you have to, you know, like, but, but, but somewhere deep inside, I know that I like am, I am vulnerable. I'm super sensitive. It's just who I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, you know, when I was in high school and stuff like that, people always said, you know, they would call me names and say things like that. I doubted myself in so many ways as a result of that. Throughout my career, people say things. People say incredible things, positive things, super negative things. People mm-hmm. say stuff like that. And at a certain point, I just went like, dude, yeah, sure. I'm all those things. <laughs> like, who cares? I This is me. I'm going to roll down my windows and like... Yeah, I love listening to the Indigo Girls. Like, I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, that's what it is, you know? And I love Jay-Z. Like, and I, I, you know, I like, I cry and I know how to, I'll, and I'll spar you. You know what I mean? Like, it's, they're they're all of those things and they are all me. So I don't need to make any excuses about them or pretend like I'm not. But being that in touch, I mean, I feel like being that in touch with yourself is probably essential for acting, right? Because you... I would assume you would have to know yourself pretty well in order to figure out how to approach something. Or do you feel like the opposite is true? That uh, that for a lot of actors, it's maybe about escaping who, who they are. I can't speak for anyone else. But, I mean, um, like Ang Lee said the other night, I gave him an award and he, you know, he said, um, I pretend so I can get closer to the truth. And I just thought, like, that seems seems about right, you know. But at the same time, um, I don't, I, I I really somewhere don't think of acting as pretend. And I do think that a, a lot, a, there are a lot of actors. There are a lot of different types of people. Just like there are a lot of different types of actors. There are a lot of, 
a lot of actors who come in and they've mapped out like I was talking to my brother-in-law about this the other day he's an actor and like you know they've mapped out their path they know where they're going and I'm like if I work with someone like that like if you know what lily pad to lily pad you're going to go and you think I'm going to follow you there <laughs> like you are sorely <laughs> misguided because I like like it's just not the way that I work I have an intention mm-hmm. I know the intention of what the character where they want to go I have an action and then everything is up in the air after that and anything can go down and 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 to me that's the fun of of doing that work so yeah it's not about you know i think maybe a lot of people think oh and i did for a long time like this is a safe space i'm going to like control in this space i've control the character i know my lines i know my intention on a line but it but I think I learned unless I like I understand myself or enjoy knowing myself, I'm never going to have fun when I'm working. And it's never going to be really dangerous in the best way. Right. You know, are there specific types of direct? I mean, I'm not asking you to name anyone specifically, but I mean, specific personality types of directors that you tend to work better with. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what is that? What, what type of personality is that? Well, I think I've changed. Maybe it's maybe it's I'm a little older and, you know. Uh, I think I could probably work well with anybody at this point, with the exception of pe- people who, um, you know, there are certain people who I will listen to even if they won't listen to me. And I think those are people who I just have a profound respect for, their films and what they do. Um, and that's a that's a handful of people. No matter what, no matter what they say or my belief, I'll probably listen to them um, and shut myself up because they're wiser and there's a lot of people like that but <clears throat> the people I work with the the best I think um, are you know I look for in a director someone who creates a real context in a space you know as an actor like with Tom Ford for instance and I refer to Tom like this um, you know I feel this way about like Denis Villeneuve or um, I mean, there's a, a, I could I could name a lot of directors that I've worked with that I feel this way. But when they create a context, and they create that space, and it's very specific because they've put the time and preparation and their own detail into it, and then they ask for the next step, which is you to come in and um fill that space. You know, like just move within that space they've created, and when they create that. You, you, I can't even explain it. It's like I can feel it from their their sense of framing or their choice of where they're putting the camera. I can also feel it in production design. I can feel the room I walk into and I open a drawer and there's the actual things in the drawer, you know, um, that that they've thought about or that we've talked about. Or, um, but really, I just want to be heard, you know. And I think that's what it's like in any relationship. I think you just want to be able to express what you feel right or wrong, mm-hmm. have it be listened to, and then not necessarily have it be um, the thing that is used, but just be heard. Mm-hmm. And um, those are the people I work with the best. Um, and yeah, those are the people that I really, I I think so often I've said, Dan Gilroy, who I worked with on this movie, Nightcrawler, Dan like did all this research because it was his first movie and he, he, he researched me and what I, and, um, one of the things that I, I guess I'd said somewhere and he mentioned all the time was 
I need it to be okay. I need to, I need you to hear all my ideas, even my bad ones, you know, because I'm not the type of person who's, I'm going to go with the best idea always. Sure. And, um, that's, that's what he did with me. He was just like, I'm going to hear all your ideas. I'm going to love them. And I'm going to dismiss three quarters of them. (laughs) And if they, and that's, that's what I love. That's a, yeah, that's a relationship. That's really kind of a relationship. Yeah. And you know, I, I think one of the, and I don't know how this, if this, if you even thought twice about this, but with Brokeback, I feel like everyone made such a big deal out of the fact of like, these two cowboys are guys. And it's like, but that's the story. Like, yeah. it's a love story. Like, what's yeah. the, wh- why, 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 I don't know. I mean, I guess because it was d- different, but I don't know. To me, it just seemed very much, because I just, I saw a lot of interviews like, what was it? Like, like well, it's a fucking, we're actors. Right, what do yeah. you, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. actors. Yeah. What do you, I mean, no. if I played a vampire, no one would be like, what was it like playing a vampire? You know what I mean? Like, Biting the, did you really bite really their neck? Did you really bite the yeah. neck? Are you wow. really a vampire? Do you drink blood now? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it just such a strange... I don't know. It's I'm always. I guess is it really that strange though? I mean, look, man. Like, is it really that strange? I mean, look, look where we are. You know. I mean, I mean, I think, I think sexuality and love is still the most complicated thing for all of us. Mm-hmm. I think, like, um, culturally speaking, I think, uh, you know, I. It was a, it was a, it was sort of ahead of its time in a lot of ways, but also way beho- behind the times in a lot of ways. Also, um, but just like it was one of those things where we love, we you know, it's easy to make fun of. One of the things I remember like about Heath was Heath never liked to make f- like everyone would approaches at the time to make like joke and like go on a show and you know do some character. Like I remember even that year on the Academy Awards, we were asked to do something where we were like joking about it and he was like i don't i'm not joking about it it's not funny to me you know um and at the time i was like what do you mean man like let's make fun it's always fun to make fun of yourself and then he was like no i'm not making fun of it. it's not funny to me you know it's it's this is important you know and i and I, I you know at the time i really didn't recognize how important it was to to not really make fun of it yeah you know and um no, it's not a surprise to me that, you know, even to this day, it's like it's it's constant, like in that way. I mean, I, uh, it, it, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't a surprise. When uh, I guess it's just one of those things where people are. I feel like we're so inundated with content at all times that people just get lazy. Mm-hmm. And so for them, it's just about, oh, I'll just remember the most surface oh, t- quality about this thing. And then that's what most I'll... people do. But uh, not most people. Some people do. But other people also come up and say, you know, that's a movie that changed my life. Like I, you know, I was I was like in the closet and I, you know, and then I saw that movie when I was this age. And I mean, I can't tell you how many people have come up and said that, you know, the, the again, it's the same kind of kind of conversation sure. about that. The idea that the expectation is that people will all be the same, you know, right. and it's uh, it's just a discussion, you know. So, as you know, far better than I do. But I, I mean, I think 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of really, really beautiful things besides the like joking. The joking just seems to be, you know, maybe a way of people easing themselves, maybe their own way of being uncomfortable about it. There are a lot of things about it for me, if I speak honestly, like, you know, that were uncomfortable for me and Heath to do. It was like not, you know, we were joking when we were in in the middle of having to do stuff like that for the movie. So I understand the the kind of poking fun, but I think uh, in the end it's serious. And, you know, yeah, it's serious. And I'm, I am so profoundly proud of that movie. Like, and where we are now, though, I, I hope a lot of things are not reversed as a result of the election and, you know, a lot of provocation and things that people are saying. But I, I think we've come very far in a really beautiful way. And I don't want to reverse any of that stuff. I don't know if it, I mean, I feel like people are too connected and socially active now to ever allow anything to, you know, it's like, it's not the fifties where people didn't have a voice. Like, wait, ever- are, is this November 7th, 2005, <laughs> 2015? I mean, sorry, I just, I, cause I, I, I absolutely disagree with you, but no, I just, I, 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 I believe, I really do believe that there are too many strong voices for good in the world. Still, I really do believe that. And I, do, I believe that too. And I, I believe those voices can be heard now. And, you know, in, in the, like what I was saying, in the 50s, uh, voices couldn't be heard because there was no way to amplify them. But, you know, essentially, our entire culture runs around this amplification device and connects people. So I really. Yeah, but also, I think what it means is that we don't have to take responsibility for what we say. Well, that, in another that is a hundred percent true. I and could I, not agree with that. More. I think we live in a, in a sort of hyper democracy at this point where, you know, as a result of, you know, Instagram and Facebook and, and Twitter and all these things that everybody believes their opinion is really important. And the truth is everybody's opinion isn't as important as someone else's who's an expert on something, (laughs) you know, like your opinion about how you feel about, you know, the theory of relativity is not the same as Einstein's. I'm sorry. (laughs) I apologize, but go fuck yourself. He had a very strong opinion about that. He had an incredibly strong (laughs) opinion. I'm sorry. Like there are experts and there are people who are wiser than us and there are people who have more experience than us. And there is a hierarchy of thought and, and education is important. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, accumulating information not just on inf- uh, like the internet but because of out of experience and reading and you know what however you choose to uh, accumulate information and learn there is a hierarchy right and i think that has been somewhat lost or is fading as a result of all of these means of communication yes it's almost like plato's uh, revenge. It's like, you know, this idea that we are living in that space where it is kind of a hyper democracy and where, you know, I think like there's, there's space for tyrants to come into play because like, we don't, we're not listening to anybody. You know, there's so much noise. There's so much noise, and everybody believes that what they think is important, like me right now talking. <laughs> like, you know, like why have you given me a platform? Um, it's it's just it's all it's it's all the same shit, man. And like, there are wise people. Like, listen to Van Jones. Like, listen to the people who listen to a lot of other people. They're they're saying really incredible things, and I have a lot of opinions about that. Do, are you on social media at all, or do you kind of? I have a Facebook page. Um, Do you look at it at all? No. Okay. I mean, occasionally, uh, occasionally I'll post something, and like I, I did this movie um, about the uh, 
just guy Jeff Bowman, who's a survivor of the Boston Marathon bombings, and um, we we did some posts during that time. And Jeff and I went, you know, we threw out the first pitch of the Sox game, so like that. And, and um, I looked at some of the response, like the 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 what are they uh, the reply, the comments the comments the, the comments yeah yeah. I looked. Sorry, I'm such a like a luddite. I'm, I'm like, um, but I, I what looked are those at some sentences of under the pictures. What are those called? The books. The lots of books it's like and books. books but yeah. You can't turn the. Yeah, it doesn't smell like anything. What is that? It doesn't smell. Like um, I like. I I looked at them and and and. What's really nice about well, it's not always nice, but like there was a lot of positivity. You know, that was really really in. Nice. So sometimes I do, yeah. Sometimes I. But. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there, there really is, there is for everything in the world, there is someone who hates that thing, mm-hmm. and, and basically mm-hmm. the internet is just like, here's those people. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, so. Yes. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> you ever wonder who could be mad at a baby eating applesauce? <laughs> this fucking guy. You know, it's like it's basically, it's you know, so true. It's such a strange so cross true. section of you know. It's just it's just a, it's just a magnet for. Well, you know what it is. It, I've, I re- can you entitle this episode "Baby Eating Applesauce"? Yes, like okay. oh, baby eating applesauce. It'll be, you know what? It'll it'll like that'll even be, Jake Gyllenhaal and baby eat applesauce. Like that will up the SEO of this, and like it'll trend just based on that title. But it you know it is. Uh, it, it it is kind of sifting through the junk and the finding and i think you really have to take out the best 10% and the worst 10% and the middle is kind of where people are having conversations mm-hmm. you know some people are just going to you know they'll like you no matter what you do mm-hmm. and some people will hate you no matter what you do or they just want to burn everything and so if you can just kind of <laughs> cut off the head and the tail Again, disguising the fish. If you yeah. cut off the head of the tail <laughs> and just sort go. of see what's in the middle, it's like I think that that's where it's finding those people to have conversations with. But I really do – I really try to engage people online to just talk. And even when people – I don't agree with people. I go, hey, we're not enemies. You can think this thing and I can think this thing and we can still come away with it not feeling like, well, this person doesn't agree with everything I believe in. So fuck them. You know? Well – where has curiosity gone, man? Oh, uh, well, like that's the real question. It's gone. It's. I'll tell you where that. I'll, I have. I'm, that is a great question. And I think a lot of it has to do with comfort and convenience. You know, because being curious is not. I mean, it basically leads to not comfortable situations because you're asking questions. You may not like the answers to those questions. Yes. And so a lot of people just sort of build these bubbles where they are not challenged. They are surrounded by stuff they already like. And a lot of it's usually themselves and I'm guilty of it. I'm not saying I'm better than anyone else, but, and so that really does the comfort of that really does sort of squash curiosity because you're like, well, I don't, I mean, yeah, I know there's stuff on the other side of that bubble, but yeah, but that's, I think that has been the most amazing part of this election. If you allow it to be, which is that, you know, I, 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 the Guardian put out this article that <clears throat> you know, I come from a I come from a very like left wing family like very progressive you know th- think we're you know God's gift and you know all that <laughs> and 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 but I I don't fully believe that you know I don't fully believe everything that my my family believes and I don't subscribe to obviously the ideas of my parents completely though I think a lot of their ideas and their generation have amazing ideas but um. I don't subscribe to everything my sister believes in. But there was an article um, about 
uh, all the different like more right wing uh, news sites that you know I have all these applications on my phone of like I have the Guardian, I have Huffington Post, I have CNN, I have I, I had Fox News, I started Fox News too, but then I was like, oh wait, Breitbart and you know like um, uh, Reason that pl- like there are all these other places that I had never really the opinions I had never really listened to. And I was so um, amazed and moved when I went to the, after this article went through all of the different sites that mm-hmm. you can go to, like from either side that are, y- you should listen to. Yeah. Um, I was curious and I, and I, I, I left going, wow. I mean, I have a lot of feelings, but I don't have, I understand. I understand where the feelings from, other people and their opinions come from. Sure, that's and, the most you can do. That's the best you can do. And and I and I and I think maybe the conversation, like I mentioned, Van Jones because he did that really. He's doing that really wonderful piece on CNN about you know going to people's homes and asking them. He did it before the election, and then he's he's a really interesting guy. I applaud all of his work because it's it's you know he has a belief, but what is more important to him is going in and asking what's up, like maybe three of the things out of the 20 things that you have an issue with are maybe not founded in something solid. Maybe they're not rational. So let's talk about all 20. And maybe the things I think are the three things actually aren't. Maybe they're something else. And let's talk about it. And 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 to me, that uh, that idea, just like to continue to be curious, to continue to, to live in a space where you go, like, that's not what I think, what I feel, the way I want it to be, I I am fascinated and curious about the next four years for this country. People are afraid, a lot of things, but curiosity now. There are so many questions, so why not ask them? Yeah, you know? I mean, I really do think the art of conversation is a very precious thing. Because now, again, social media conditions people to just kind of yell. It's like yelling in your car. You know, Mm. just like yelling, I feel this way right now. You know, as opposed to, like, if someone someone doesn't like something I do and they yell and they go, that was fucking dumb. Why'd you do this? Yeah. I go, well, you could have said, you could have approached that from a sense of, you know, it was there a reason that this happened or why did you and you still don't have to agree with it afterwards, but at least you would again, like you said, would understand what it what, what you would understand where I was coming from or at least kind of see the human side of it. And I think we're just it's everything's becoming so depersonalized that people don't they just they're not they don't think to try to understand. And everyone thinks they have all the answers all the time. And when you don't, it's impossible. Well, are you speaking to me? Sorry. No I no, but I I think that I I, I read um do you know that Graphic novel March. Have you you know that? Just John Lewis. You know John Lewis, the comic. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, they, he did these. He's kind of amazing. These three books um, called March, March one, March two, March three, and it's all about you know the Freedom Riders and um, but it's a graphic novel about his journey through. You know, he's an incredible, incredible human. Um, I don't know him, but. It, I mean, it would seem to be, at least from his books, <laughs> he's a pretty incredible human. And from all of his experiences. Um, and I guess, to me, I, I so often I do believe that there are sides. You know, we, we do have sides. Like, we, you, you must take a side um, sometimes. 
sometimes you don't have to necessarily understand the other side. Sometimes you have to take a side. Things are very complicated and sometimes it's hard to see that. But what I see, though I think it's important to um, to fight, that the only real way of getting anything done is through um, nonviolence. Sure. You know, Um and sometimes violence is, is I think I can see, and I've you know, spent lots of time in different things with the, in the military and with police officers, and that's an incredible part of my job is um, seeing violence and seeing sometimes, you know, it's inevitable. But I can see that change, particularly on the side of someone like John Lewis and the Freedom Riders and all that stuff and the times we're moving into, is, is ultimately Gandhi is the guy, you know? <laughs> ultimately, he really is the guy. Um, uh, um, and 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 really is the, the that idea all that stuff is is of essence that there isn't there is conflict is is important but 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 ultimately like you know nonviolence is 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 the way things become and evolve mm-hmm. and that that is so I mean I guess I'm just think I'm thinking and I'm obviously thinking out loud I I am I'm not like preaching anything but I do think that and. I've recently f- felt that, you know, and that doesn't mean not fighting. I guess that, sure, you know what I mean? Sure. It doesn't mean like sitting there and just, you know, you talk about mindfulness, not like right. sitting there and just, um, but uh, I have a number of beliefs and one of them is that. And then the other one is that just like women are profoundly more, um, evolved. <laughs> <laughs> I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah, but that's just an excuse to find a wife. So, you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do feel like my wife knows how to communicate with me, though, uh, because she's got a Christmas ornament that is basically a farting Santa. And I was like, well, you know how there to... There you go. Yeah. There you go. She just sent me, just sent me this video. She was like, yeah, I got this ornament. And it's just a... It's, it's just a butt. <laughs> no uh, man would... No man you ever know would ever give you that. There's no... There's it's, just, it, it's just a... It's just a butt. Wait, but how do you know it's Santa? Well, because... This is it. And then she pushes the button. This is this is on our this is on our wow, tree. It's a really slow build. Yeah. But wait. She's a keep she is. she's a keeper. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it plays the whole song. I mean it goes on. <laughs> it goes on. So I feel like that's smart of her because she knows more than you how do. to get me into Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say get me into bed, but... Get me in, she knows how to get yeah. me into bed. I got a weird farting Santa fetish. It's so bizarre. I don't know what it is. So did Gandhi, man. He, so he did. Yeah. That's what made him there such a go. complex leader, is that he there wasn't afraid go. to... There you go. You know, yeah. you sing Backstreet Boys, and he has he had that I'm fetishism. Sad. You said Backstreet Boys, man. <laughs> Oh, I feel like that was in your heart, though, right? That was that was deep inside your Actually, heart. Actually, so. boys are in all of our hearts, except for Eminem. <laughs> yeah, I, I often there are so many things from the '90s that I feel like I remember hating this, but then when I listen to it now, I'm like, I don't know, it's kind of good. It's, it's sort of fun. true. It's, it's sort of true. It's kind of fun. What was I watching? Oh man, when I was a kid, like because I had an older sister, so I was just like, I was tortured by like all the stuff that like that girls do you know and like mm-hmm. thought it was cool and then had to go to school and like tell people things and they were like that is not cool <laughs> do you know what i mean like and there's that movie girls just want to have fun mm-hmm. that my sister watched over and over again and because she was older and she's she's 
I mean, I don't know if you ever talked to her, but she's like, she's super smart. And, yeah. And I've never talked to her, but yes. Yeah. She's very sensitive, but super smart and tough. So like, um, you know, I was her slave. And, um, <laughs> and so I watched that and, um, a lot, I watched it a lot. I mean, like a lot. And it, it, and, it, and, and really, I didn't, I didn't really want to watch it. I have to say, but it became, it was, you know what it was? It was a little bit, yeah, it was like, it, it was probably, yeah, it was like a, it was, she was a tyrant. Yeah, that, <laughs> she right. was a tyrant. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it was on t- television and I was like, this is a really well-made movie. I watched it the other day and I was you like, know, I never thought about it, but I wow. think girls really do just want to have fun. <laughs> This is so Cindy true. Lauper isn't even in that movie, it's which that, is but just so, but spiritually brutal, man. Like spiritually, you wait out that whole movie for Cindy Lauper, and she never, <laughs> never fucking shows up. up. Never shows up. But Sarah Jessica Parker and Helen Hunter in it. Do you yeah. know that? Yes. Yeah, I know. I mean, I I am familiar with the movie. I am familiar with the. Did you with, have an older sister? No. No excuse. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It's so true. Yeah, but it's just like those those anchor. I don't know. There's something that anchors. Anyway, I just all I'm saying is if you're announcing, <laughs> you're trying to steer away from girls just want to have fun. No, but I'm going to bring it back because I Let's feel like it. if Nine Stories wants to produce a remake <laughs> of Girls Just Want, don't think have I haven't fun, thought about it, my friend. <laughs> don't think I haven't thought about it. <laughs> this is the perfect opportunity to make it's that a, announcement. A cash cow. It's yeah. waiting. The re- it's reboot. We're in reboot culture. I told you I'm a capitalist and a businessman too. <laughs> like we talk about mindfulness and shit. I don't care, man. It, no. Like bring it in, man. Yeah. Let's reboot. Girls I mean, just I like have fun. money, so let's I, make this happen. Dude, I'm so in. <laughs> but you should. But it should really be. I'd even play the dude who's on that dance show. <laughs> who's like, I'd do a cameo. Like, I mean, are you kidding me? It's like, look, I, you know, we'll talk about process and like how evolved I am, but like ultimately, I'm not at all. No. So. But you should really, you should really cast it like Charlize Theron, Amy <laughs> Adams, and Selena Gomez, Dame Judy Dench, <laughs> Dame Selena Gomez. It's gonna happen. I mean, I feel like this is an opportunity. And, <laughs> this is, why not? I don't know. I always, I always, have and to... not Cindy Lauper again. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, guys. Exactly. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to stick to the original that yeah. way. <laughs> You know, we just don't want to fuck with the. We don't want to. We don't want to alienate the core fans. She's like, sorry, I'm busy doing kinky boots. <laughs> yeah, I did. Who was I talking? Was I? Was actually might have been. Who was I? I was talking to Sarah Jessica for someone on this podcast about how I saw Cindy Lauper at a restaurant and I really wanted to say hi to her and I didn't say hi to her. Why not? Um, because I, I. Yeah, because you're cool. I, no, I'm not at all. Because I'm very awkward and 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 I. I just hate bothering people. I really don't feel good about bothering people because yeah. I'm always that sort of shy kid who didn't socialize well when I was young. And so I just feel like I'm going to go to people and go, hey, you're really great. And then she's going to be like, thank you. Um, Fuck off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get out of my fucking face. <laughs> Girls just want to have fun. But not right yeah. now. You're killing that fun. You know? Like, so I just... I, I see your true colors. <laughs> um, yeah. They're shining through right now. Time after time after time. Uh, but you... Do you... Uh, how, how are you around people that you... Do you ever go up to people? You I must be at events where you go, oh, there's so-and-so. Do you go up and go, hey, I'm a big fan of your... Or do you not? Um, yeah, I, uh, sometimes and sometimes not. I, 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 sometimes I'll try and, um, like I'll email somebody, like if I, if I'm really moved by something they've done or I'll try and write a handwritten note. I always, I've gotten notes from people handwritten and it always means so much to me. And so when something, I, I like that, that form of communication and expression, but I, yeah, I have like, you know, I, 
um, like I, I saw like Harry Belafonte, he was awarded with an, an honorary Academy Award a few years ago. And he was, um, and I was there at the, at the event and he asked him to, to meet me. And I was like, what the, you know, and, and I was at a table like way in the back, you know, and, and someone came up to his daughter, I think, or came up to him and was like, my father would really like to meet you. I was like, what? So <laughs> I, I, I went to his table and I like, I was dorked out and like we exchanged numbers and stuff and and he called me and and i and invited me to dinner and i was like oh i don't know you know and i and i and i didn't and actually i was flying here to los angeles from from new york on the plane and and hair and his wife were on the on the plane and uh he's like we're having dinner and i was like okay you know but i was like i you know i felt like i don't want to i don't want to bot like that was a year ago you know i don't want to or a year and a half ago i don't want to bother him. I think you know it's time, I mean? though. He time said to bother it. him. I know. He said it was his idea. No, I know. You know I know. If he but... shows up to the dinner and he's like, "This is no fun," be like, "Motherfucker, this was your idea." It's like he's Ariel. I mean, it's crazy. You know those those types of things that happen. But I, 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 I tend to like to tell artists always, you know, that they move me. You know, I, I am always moved when someone comes up to me and says, "Yo, like." That thing moved me. Like so, people, so many people at times want to take pictures or something, and a lot of times when people want to take pictures. I feel like it's more about them because oftentimes they'll be like, "You want to take a picture?" I'm like, "Ah, no, not right now," because I'm like, I'm just hanging out with my friends or whatever. And I'm on the subway, and you know, and they're and then they're like, "Ugh, what a dick." But <laughs> no, but I'm like, I, not right now, and 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 I'm like, but you want to talk? And they're like, no. I talk to you. I don't want to get to know I don't you. Want to get to know you. I just want to post your picture on my Instagram. Yeah, like that is always interesting. So. But I really love it when people say stuff like, hey, you know, I don't like this or I don't like you or I do. I like the community. I like the connection. I like that kind of connection. And I like doing that with other people. I, and, uh, you know, so I, and I encourage people to do that. to the people I think, like I think the hair bill is funny. I encourage you to do it. What do, well, yeah, I know. But Cindy Lauper didn't ask me to hang out. I, I, I just think. No, but I mean, like, the, but still, like. Man, you're a huge Cindy Lauper fan. I just, you, she's the best. You listen to <laughs> Over, girls just want to have fun. Can I be honest? I ironically love Cindy Lauper. She's like, amazing. Love, 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 love. Girls just want to have fun. Just scratch the. Just you know that was a novelty song, but all of her not other songs, true. That's a brilliant pop song. It is. It is a brilliant pop song too. It's a brilliant. Pop but at song. the time, it was like a. It was a brand new. Because I'm. I mean, I'm old, I remember when that song came out. It was like. Who is this girl with the crazy dress? And she's got the hair and the waffle pattern shaved into the side of her head. And there's Captain Lou Albano. You know, it was like the whole thing just felt like a traveling circus show. Yeah. And <laughs> and she still kind of feels that like that in the best way. But I just, you know. I, Remember that year every girl was Cindy Lauper for Halloween? It was just like my sister was Cindy Lauper. All of her friends were Cindy Lauper. I just remember. Really? That. Yeah. And she made you dress up like Cindy Lauper because you. No, but she, no, she didn't. What was I? I was like. So I was like, we had the weirdest Halloween costumes in my family. So I probably, I was like a cranberry juice box or something. <laughs> I swear to God. My dad did the weirdest. Like, my dad, my dad, yeah. He made me, I literally, I would think I was a cranberry juice box. That That's year. pretty great, though. No, it's incredible. Unless you're a cranberry juice box. Then maybe it's not so fun. And then you're carrying like an enormously heavy, weird 
cardboard thing. Is you your head move. the straw or is it how does no, the straw it... was I think out the side. Right. My face was painted white. <clears throat> you know what I mean? I had like a white spandex suit with like this actual cranberry box. And then I couldn't really walk very well because it was like it was you know, it's rectangular and thin on the side, so you like So this was not your choice. No, your arms are sticking out, like, you know. You I mean, didn't say I want to be a cranberry juice box. Your dad said you're gonna be a cranberry juice box. I'm not a huge Halloween fan because you know, so I've never really been because maybe it was my, my my dad was so enthusiastic about it. So I sort of just procrastinated and was like, Dad, you do it and then cut to me trapped in a box mm-hmm. on Halloween. Yeah. Which is generally how it went. <laughs> <laughs> that could have contributed to your distaste for Halloween season. Yeah, but I live Halloween every day. Every day, yeah, I know. So, so this like... is good advice, though, because when we have kids, because we're super into Halloween and Disneyland oh, really? and all the all the. I mean, you can see I love all the Disneyland. toys. I love Disneyland. It's great. Yeah, it is great. Do you get to go very often? Uh, not that often, but I got really. I, I like. I hadn't gone a long time. I went recently, and I got like. I loved it so much. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's really. Yeah. I, I, what I want to be careful of is not to force. You know, when we do have kids, like, you gotta love this so much, you know, because I don't, they're naturally gonna rebel no matter what. Not Disneyland. (laughs) Probably not Disneyland, though. Not Disneyland. Do you find that it's true, that that sort of messaging from Nocturnal Animals, do you find that you become your parents as much as you, do you kind of catch yourself going, oh, that's weird. Yeah, I didn't, hmm. And that feels like. I was, I (laughs) I made this joke the other day. I was like, man, I looked at my face. I was like, God. Looks so weird. I look like both of my parents. Um, <laughs> um, How'd that happen? Yeah. Ugh. Um, Ugh, what happened? But uh, you know, I think. I mean, I, I think that inevitably there are parts of you that do, and it's beautiful. There. I mean, there are things about both of my parents that I I love so much, and I'm so grateful for. I think they're like the most, some of the most incredible people I know. But. Um, and then there are parts of me that have probably been like maybe squashed a little bit because of their overwhelming sense sure. over me as most parents are. And I think in that sense, as long as um, that when I talk about that instinct in work of listening to that thing where I plug in and I'm like, I'm plugged into the right in like I'm, 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 I'm I feel like I'm nothing's forced. It just, it's right. Um, you know, when I feel that I know it's me. And sometimes I feel like when it's me, I'm defying that thing that I've been taught or that thing that is my parents are. Sure. And I think in the movie of Nocturnal Animals, what she says to her and what I think Tom Ford is trying to say through Laura Lenny's character is when you don't when you don't really live the life or you don't fall in love or love someone that you truly believe you don't really you don't connect with you're doing because convention tells you you're supposed to mm-hmm. then you do become your parents oh wow and i think that's like i think i think sometimes it's not always conscious i think that it it's an unconscious process sometimes but again if you take responsibility of yourself and you know yourself and you want to know your and you know know your own mind i think then you can kind of slowly move towards who you are and move away from that because i think the natural process at least from I hear from all my friends who are parents and from people who have been parents or will probably always be, um, you know, the, pro- the, 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 the process is like you have them and they leave. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, and, and that's beautiful, you know, and it should be. So the, the hope is that you don't, if you don't follow what convention tells you, you follow what you believe. 
right. and then you don't become that. And that's what I think Nocturnal Animals is about, is that the character I play is the guy who's saying, we love each other, right? Like, And at the time, I think he's not necessarily all right because he's not evolved fully. You know, so she sort of makes this choice to leave him, but they have real love. You know, it's something real and it's something true and they both know it. And then she gets scared and she cowers in the face of, of her mother and what she's been told. And she doesn't listen to her own heart. She listens to what she thinks she should do. And she gets all the trappings that we all hope we can get. You know, the, you know, the capitalist dream, the, the perfect house and everything's clean and there are hundreds of servants doing everything for you. And essentially you're back in the womb again, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and she's lost the thing she loves the most and she has become her mother. So she stayed with her mother. She hasn't gone out. Right. And I think that's the idea. The idea from that movie when she says we all become our mothers, that her mother's become her mother. Of course. And she's saying it to her and she um, is telling her it's this inevitable thing and it's, it doesn't have to be true. Right. And and ultimately, the thing that's that's born from this movie, the end, is this beautiful story. And, and um, inevitably, something will be born, you know. Um, not necessarily in that movie, their own child, right? But this book and a communication to her to go, be alive and live, which is why I think the movie is really hopeful in the end. Right. In the end, I think, you know, is spoilers, but like in the end, he doesn't show up, but he gives her the opportunity to live again. Right. And those old dreams of who he was, he is no longer. He killed that when he created this thing to express to her how much he loved her. Right. And that is, um, that's a way in which he's allowed her not to become her mother. See, you know, I feel like I need to watch more movies, but you need to be there explaining them. Because <laughs> that, that was a much, because uh, at the end of it, I was like, oh, man, why did he, oh, what the fuck? You it know? was a really funny, <laughs> I was at a screening one in, in London, and, the, and the, there's a guy who goes, hey. He raised his hand. They're like, we'll open the questions up to the audience. And he was like, hey, can I ask you a question? And I was like, yeah. Uh, and he's like, I just show up. And I was like, well, dude, I mean, first of all, I didn't write the script. But second of all, like, you know, she like, she like divorced me and aborted our child. So like, what, what do you mean? You? Yeah. And he was like, that was 30 years ago. <laughs> Sir, this is like, not a documentary. And then he was like, I was like, I don't know what to say to you. He was like, it's Amy Adams. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, he was yeah, really, yeah, he, he was really was like, jumping a lot it. of reality lines It was, it was over. It was over. So, yeah. so in the movie, you should have done this because that was Amy Adams and yeah. not the character. That happens all the... the time, dude. Yeah, That's I like, know. We just talked about it. It was like, you know, you, you play a gay cowboy, so you must be. You know, it's so just you, like, right. it's always the same thing, you know. It's like, I just, I wish I was a, as much of a badass as some of the characters that I've played. It's like wish fulfillment. <laughs> but like, I think, I think also that, I think that actually is a, a huge compliment because people get so immersed that they feel like you're that guy. You must be that guy. How could I you not be that guy? certainly hope that they do. That's why, that's what I hope happens. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the thing is like, I'm not. For a long time, I did it because I wanted people to think I was something different than I am. And now I just don't. I do it because I, like, I want people to be immersed. 
it's why you don't you know if you say you don't see me on social media or anything like that like my job doesn't require that you know my job requires that i do i play a character and i play that character as best as i can and immerse myself into that space so that you can have an experience when you go see a movie that you enjoy mm-hmm. or that moves you or whatever it is. That's my job. What was it before? What did you think you were doing before? What were you trying to do before? I think maybe like, um, you know, you are, you know, you're told or you believe you're going to find love and, you know, play. I don't know. I, I think I thought articulate this better i think i thought maybe um trying to think about like how i can articulate this the best way pretending to be the thing that everybody would like sure okay you know um and not really myself uh and um you know that 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 was what I was trying to, you know, it was like, oh, do this movie because then it's going to lead to that. Like, there's this belief. It was like this whole thing that, I mean, I, I respect George Clooney, but I think he said something like, well, two for me or one for them or something like that. Right. And people say that to me all the time. I'm like, that is the most self-conscious way of looking <laughs> at a career. And don't think I don't plan and think about things, but I will never make a decision based on like one for someone else and two for me. I just sure. won't. And I don't think that's what he means necessarily, but I think it's misinterpreted a lot to say like, well... I'm going to do something that's not really me, and then I'm going to go do something that is really me. Right. It's like it doesn't really make – so I, I I think I was like just doing that. I was listening to a lot of what other people said and that, well, this is going to give you an opportunity, and that's going to give you an opportunity, and then you're going to – again, you know, you'll put a down payment on the world at right. one point. You know? Right, and I just right. Am, I just am not – But I think you're lucky that you figured that out now and not when you're 70, like, oh, shit, none of that mattered. You know, like I think it's, I think it's good to figure that out. Now, I feel like I'm only just figuring that now and I'm older than you are, but it, it you know, it, it is important because it, it requires so much energy to tap dance all the time and try to, hey, I mean, you like me now? Huh? How about this? Like, it's just, it's fucking too much energy. It's just, it's too, it's so consuming. And then, then you're not really making good choices because they're sort of fear-based choices. Oh, what if, what if, you know, and it's not, it, that just doesn't go in a good, it doesn't end up in a good place. Very tiring, yeah. It is yeah. really, it is really tiring. But again, I go back to like, dude, like we're sitting in a table in like a really nice part of Los Angeles, but like really smart, wonderful people around us. Like you're doing the thing you love, and you're asking me uh, like about me as if what I have to say is important. Like, what an amazing thing to be doing, yeah. You know, as a job, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I just, I, I don't, I just, I, I think about that a lot. Um, and it's not to dismiss the relativity of everything, you know, I mean, but it is, it is one of those things that I particularly now can't stop thinking about. You know, I think with the state of the world and where we are is based on the fact that so many people don't have jobs, you know, um, and we're like, you know, just like we are in an incredible place to even have a work, but also the work that we love and that we even want to talk about. Right. Well, so. that's the, I think, you know, work wise, 
that's the that's the best you can hope for is you know do I enjoy what I'm doing and do I not have to do things I don't want to do? I think that's – I always say that's the most success you could ever ask for. It doesn't matter what the metrics are. What does uh, Sondheim say? And he says uh, – Girls just want to have fun. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, some ways, yeah. In some certain things. In some ways he says that, yeah. Um, it's not as much uh, – it's not as much do what you like as it is that you like what you do. Right. Right. You know? And you, I think that's like – a nice way of putting it. it. What else are you? Is there anything else as we're sort of wrapping this up? What else besides? Uh, w- oh, when does Stronger come out? Are you just editing that now? Yeah, uh, that comes out next year. We don't okay. have a firm release date yet. But so, what else are you? Is there anything else that you're working on that you want to mention or talk about, or anything else you're excited about? Um, I mean, I've I've just done a lot of things. Um, I did this movie called Life. Um, uh, with Ryan Reynolds and Rebecca Ferguson and a lovely cast with Daniel Espinosa who directed mm-hmm. it um, about this like crew on the International Space Station who discovers a new form of life but it's a super fun and scary movie oh that sounds um, great no it's really f- yeah it's and Seamus McGarvey who shot Nocturnal Animals cinematographers of Nocturnal Animals shot that movie too so it's beautiful and um, it's, um, I did this movie called Okja that Bong Joon Ho is an amazing filmmaker who did like Mother and mm-hmm. um, uh, Snowpiercer and oh um, yeah, yeah 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 Snowpiercer was fun it was a video game it was basically like a video yeah, game yeah yeah um, and he did the host he did, he's a, he's yep. an amazing movie. amazing filmmaker we I just did a movie with him in in Korea which is like uh, international cast but like half Korean half English movie about a well I won't tell you what it is. it's mind-blowingly cool um are you not allowed to say what the thing i don't know if i'm allowed to say i don't think i'm allowed okay but um it's just like (laughs) i you know tilda swindon's in it and um a number of incredibly i mean incredible people but tilda swinton is a mythical creature she is amazing yes she is She's, She's also one of the most lovely people. Yeah. I guess mythical creatures are really lovely. They're very lovely. Most, a lot of them are. A lot some of, of yeah. Some, some of, them, of are, them are. Some of them aren't that great. Beware. But she is yeah. a good one. She is a good one. She is, and like almost poses from afar as if she might not be, but like truly, she's a unicorn. She really is. She's a unicorn, and and like the loveliest unicorn who is. I had no idea. Like I had no idea how. What a big heart she has. I can. I don't know. I at Comic Con this past year, I uh, they, they were taking our pictures for something, and then uh, I just said, "Can we? Can I take an awkward prom picture with you?" And she just and she, she was like, "Yeah, yeah." She she took Big Spoon. She took Big Spoon and just wrapped her <laughs> arms around me, and it was fucking. Amazing, yeah. But just she was so checked in. Didn't yeah. know what is it like. She yeah. was just didn't even question it. She's so great. She's so great. Yeah, she's in that and. Um, she produced that that uh, Okja, and so um, she'll be in Girls Just Want to Have Fun too. The reboot, oh right? Oh my god, <laughs> dude! This is gonna, if this happens, I saw a light go if, on in your eye. That is an amazing idea. Um, Obviously, your sister has to be in it. I mean, you would have to. She or she do you play. not put her in it because? I mean, everybody was like. F- 35 40 playing high school mm-hmm. yeah yeah movie, yeah so like, yeah we could all be in it yeah i think that could be part of the fun of it is that everyone is clearly not 16 year you know like everyone is i know clearly... how old were they well they're s- great in it sarah I, I mean the 80s i guess sarah jessica would have been in her early to mid 20s back then she's 
both of them, her and Helen Hunt, are they're I'm safe to say incredible in that. They're incredible. Like I'm not joking. Those are there's some incredible stage actors in that movie. And and this this is the thing about that movie. And it it does it does speak to the times that we're in because you know, we like we joke about it, but there's a lot of craft in that movie and a lot of preparation that the today's filmmaking you don't see as much anymore. Like you cut on a movieola is different than you cut on an avid and you can like change everything and everything's digital and you can you can take this person out of a frame and put some version. You couldn't do that at the time. So craft was so different, even in movies like that. And you watch back on it, you're like, that choice was a choice. It was planned. They they planned it for months. They they rehearsed it for months. They had to. They there was no pretending here it was like and such good actors in that movie <laughs> i mean that's i mean and um yeah i was really well i think really moved by it so in addition tell. to nocturnal animals you're also promoting girls just want to have fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes life nocturnal life. animals girls just want to have fun and yeah i hope someone like cinema blend or someone picks it. someone just picks it up <laughs> jake gyllenhaal's ready to produce reboot of I'm girls so, just want to have yeah, fun I'm so down i mean you can source so it here you can source it here wikipedia dude i'm so so down for i'm that. so happy that we i thought i was such a pleasure chatting with you i really really enjoyed Same this conversation thank, thank you for having it was me so nice of you to come and also thank you for i i just realized i'm still wearing my tv makeup and my yeah, you look a little like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say it's fine. I was like, "What?" He walked in. I was like, "He has makeup on for a what radio is he interview." Doing? Yeah, what well, a dick! No, the audience can hear it, man. They just hear. <laughs> they can hear the. It's my mask. It's my mask. Don't it's my mask. Question the mask. The audience can hear the blemishes when it's not covered up. No. This is who I am. It's who I. This am. is who I am. Just like, the, the, just like <laughs> mascara around my eyes, and it's just like no. Lipstick you're a unicorn face. too. I'm. I'm not a tilde swing unicorn but yeah it's the the the, the tv makeup is uh i couldn't notice man well i appreciate it. that's what i was fishing for so i appreciate that uh <laughs> <laughs> i just realized at the end of it because i don't know if i don't know if you you know most people i don't know if they know when they come here like oh this is where you shoot a show and that's not and this isn't I just mean, a like, podcast studio just like get a like a weird random room no little, okay yeah no no my our stage is on the other this is my dressing room is through there and i put this little podcast room here so, so that nice. i could walk off like come out of work and come straight to this one to do this and you just like walk in here and just like have like semi interesting people in here there, talk to them I mean, it, <laughs> I'm just speaking for myself. But you have like you have you walk out of your you walk out of your work in another work, and you you have really you have conversations. With yeah, really and I, and people. and there's so really cool. there's really no I there's no reason for me to do this other than I just like doing it. I just like talking to interesting people, and I like for me it's always been you know just trying to learn from people and understand and understand why people make the choices they make and how do they navigate a lot of the same shit that so many of us who do this kind of thing seem to have. So it's always interesting to to get this kind of human side of people and go, well, I didn't really know anything about Jake before the thing, but what a fucking great guy. And what a, you know, like just to hear, I don't know. And there were even Do you things- find that people are generally honest? I mean, I, I don't, I have no way of really knowing, but I do feel like um, that to talk to someone for this long... Sometimes people come in and I can feel the shields go up because they're used to doing junkets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're worried that 
am I saying the right thing or how is this going to get dissected and used and what is it yeah. what story are they do I not intend for this to come out of and but this is just we kind of just let it be what it is so it you know there's no we don't we always I always want people to kind of leave feeling like oh that actually was that was nice you know because I don't want anyone to feel blindsided and I want it to feel just open. And I mean, I think people are honest unless, you know, a lot of, I mean, a lot of them, there are a lot of actors, so maybe they're just exceptional pretenders, but I feel like it's hard to do that. I feel like you can kind of tell at a certain point, like, eh, I don't know, you yeah. know? And I do think even people who struggle a little bit at the beginning to relax into it, they usually do. We have a pretty good, we have a pretty good success rate for that, and I don't know what to attribute that to, but I just feel like when you really just let someone talk for a while, they it's like, you know, this sort of goes away, and then they're just yeah. you're just talking. And that's why I don't have a list of questions, and like, and then what happened? Because I don't want people to go into yeah. Charlie Rose mode, where they're like, ah, I don't. I'm you. pretending like I'm <laughs> smart, which means I'm stupid. Charlie, your eyes are dead. Are you alive? <laughs> and then what? <laughs> what did you do? After the, rah, the rah, rah, you know? No, he just walks out of his suit, and his suit just stays there. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done no, that? Like, I'm sorry, Charlie's gone. We don't know what happened. We don't know just what happened to him. It's just a sentient suit now. Uh, but I guess you could talk to the suit. This table's been here for a hundred. 30,000 years. <laughs> this was my table at, uh, that I shared with the dinosaurs when I interviewed them. <laughs> Tell me about the asteroid. <laughs> what? The asteroid. They got rid of all the dinosaurs. And Charlie's, ju- Charlie's just a fucking... Charlie feels like one of those guys that could... He lives in the space-time conti- continuum. There's he's no like, doubt. Yeah. There's no like, doubt. He will always be alive, and he feels like a guy that is probably... Mo- you know, could go and drink until 8 a.m. and then go straight to work, put on a different tie, and be... I'm not saying he does that. I'm just saying... I'm just saying he feels like that kind of old-school guy, that kind of guy. He's uh, Yeah, he's, he's like one of the, like, you know, that prestigious interview that, like, you see the people who you respect. Like, like I, I mean, I remember Ed Zwick, who's so smart and, like just sort of cower at charlie rose you know like i remember like he, i'd be like um hey charlie don't say hello to charlie rose you know what i mean i'm like what the and then he'd be like well and then he used all these huge big like harvard words and i was like i wouldn't know what he was saying he's like well the supercalifragilisticexpialidocious like and i'd be like what is happening and yeah that's he charlie rose just turns people into well because intellectual mush because he's so He's 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 an immovable object. He is you can't throw him off. He knows his shit, and he's not afraid. And, and if he doesn't know his shit, someone's telling it to him in his ear. At least, yeah, at <laughs> least somewhere he has created this artifice. But uh, but he also just doesn't. He just no. He's he just can't knock him down. Yeah, why don't you make a fist and hold your hand like that when you? Yeah, <laughs> the most defensive body posture possible to make people feel uncomfortable. I just want you to know there's a barrier here. This is going one way. You're not getting in this way. Yeah, I could do it. Uh, thanks for being here, man. It was a real, it was a real pleasure. Uh, enjoy your burrito, everyone, and go see Nocturnal Animals, which is uh, is this going up when it's still in? Is going up next week. Still in theaters. Still in theaters. Go see Nocturnal Animals, and uh, yeah, come back anytime. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank enjoy you your burrito, man. everyone. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.
Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.